You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. So let's talk to NFL Draft and young player NFL analyst over at CBS Sports, my colleague Chris Trapasso on Twitter at Chris Trapasso, who is in Indy. Chris, good morning. You're joining us live from the Combine. What's going on, buddy? Uh, it's a, a day where we're finally going to see some defensive linemen and some guys work out, and this is it's great. I'm so grateful to be on this show. I'm pretty sure every year around this time, checking in from the Combine with you. It's a, did you, have you eaten at St. Elmo's yet? Is that on the agenda? That's tonight. Tonight. Oh, man, it's been are, hard man. to get in. I mean, it, there are thousands and thousands of people. It has grown so much with the media presence here over the last decade. What um is there anyone in particular today, before we get into some of the, the nuts and bolts and the Caleb Williams and all that fun stuff, anyone in particular who you are looking forward to seeing today who you've got some questions about or some excitement about that you want to see in person? How about two that I'm really excited about? Darius Robinson from Missouri. He had a tremendous senior bowl down in Mobile, Alabama. He's 6'5", 285, and I don't think he has more than 3% body fat. I think he's going to test through the roof and really be that he can rush from the inside, rush from the outside, that combine freak that didn't really hear a lot about before this week in Indy that I think after we're going to really – almost right in pen that he's going to be a first-rounder. And then Chop Robinson, the edge rusher from Penn State. He started his career at Maryland, transfers to Penn State, and has two awesome seasons for the Nittany Lions. And just look at the history of that Penn State program over the last five to ten years under James Franklin. Guys like Saquon Barkley and Odafe Owe and Mike Kosicki, they always are big-time testers coming out of that program. And Chop Robinson, I'm not going to say he's the next Von Miller, but the burst and the bend around the corner as an edge rusher, I think is close to what Von Miller was coming out of Texas A&M in 2011. So those are two big-time testers, I, I think, that we're going to really be talking about as risers over the next couple of days. Chris, everyone is asking, obviously, I'm sure you, and talking about and talking to folks about the Justin Fields, Caleb Williams, sure. Chicago Bears conundrum. I'm a Bears fan, and I hate my team, even though I don't hate them. But they have, they have broken my heart for a long time. So not only is this a really interesting football question and a fascinating one, it is a very important one to me that I am, I am convinced the Bears are going to get wrong. Hopefully they won't. That's just the way that I'm trained as a Bears fan. For you, as best you think you can riddle this out, what do you think the right move is, and what is your confidence level that that's the right move? I think at this point for all parties, the best move is for the Bears to trade Justin Fields, let him get a fresh start, uh, a clean slate with another team, new offensive coordinator, different skill position guys. And then because this quarterback class is very good, and it's still early to say how good next year will be, but I think for their GM, 
Ryan Poles. You can't really wait around again and trade out of the number one pick for two consecutive years. That would be unprecedented. Um, and whether they love Caleb Williams, and it, it seems like they, they probably will pick him, but even if they don't, your fallback options are the Heisen winner, Jaden Daniels, that has a lot of the traits that teams want at the quarterback position today with the athleticism, the deep ball touch. And then to me, the far and away number two quarterback and very close to Caleb Williams, you could draft Drake May, who's been kind of penciled in as a top three guy since his like freshman season at North Carolina. Reminds me a lot of maybe not quite as tall and quite as physically gifted, but reminds me of Justin Herbert, a very similar guy that there were some question marks when he was coming out of Oregon. So I think you do that, you trade Justin Fields, and you pick one of these top three quarterbacks, probably Caleb Williams at number one overall. It sounds like, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like you are not convinced Caleb Williams is a sure thing on the level that in the past we we thought maybe an Andrew Luck or on the other side of the coin because it hasn't entirely worked out, Trevor Lawrence. Is that right, or or do you see Caleb Williams as a generational can't-miss once every three, four, five, six years talent? Yeah, I'm kind of in the middle there. Like I I don't put him in that lofty category of those – in terms of just being a prospect and checking all the boxes of an Andrew Luck or Trevor Lawrence, I know that there's a lot of comparisons because of what he can do improvisationally to Patrick Mahomes. Um, I, I'm a, the only bit concerned with Caleb Williams, because I like everything else about his game, that for as much as he can reverse his field and make throws from any angle and sidearm, with, he might do that a little bit too much. And for as much as you want that to be something that your quarterback has in his back pocket, you also want him to not lean on that um, in situations where there's an open receiver or he can get to his second read and stay inside the pocket. We know that pocket passing still, you have to be good in that regard. So he, I think he's good there, but I don't know if he's to the level of some of the, like you're saying, generational prospects as just a pocket passer. Talking to Chris Trapasso here on the show. Chris, we've talked a little bit on the show about the – increased importance of wide receivers and guys getting paid and the expectation that guys are going to get paid. How many wide receivers do you think are going to go in the first round of this draft? And who are the guys that could be at that position game changers when you look at the tape? I could see five, if not six going for a lot of the reasons that you just said that the wide receiver spot to me, we're just talking about on Sundays, the second most important position in football. Now there are way more uh, big-time talents every year in the draft at wide receiver than there would be, say, at offensive tackle or at edge rusher. So you can maybe boost those positions' values a little bit, and those have traditionally been viewed as the second most important. But I think in this class, you have the big three um, with Marvin Harrison Jr. from Ohio State, Malik Neighbors from LSU. Daniel Jeremiah thinks that Roma Dunze is going to test through the roof from Washington, and he was so good rebounding the football down the field. Troy Franklin from Oregon is awesome. I think he's going to run in the four threes, and he has all the production playing there with Bo Nix. Um, it's a class of wide receivers that's as good as we've seen in the last four or five years because it has the top-end talent and the depth. Some years there's just the Jamar Chases and the Jalen Waddles and the Devontae Smiths at the top, but after that there's a huge drop-off. I don't think there's much of a drop-off as you get to the second and third round. And we've seen a lot of big-time talents, D.K. Metcalf, Terry McLaurin, George Pickens, all go second and third round and become number one receivers in the NFL. Uh, Chris Trapasso here on the show. I'm Bill Ryder. This is CBS Sports Radio. Chris, I have a two-part question for you, and it is the 
the impact that the combine has on decision making versus the tape, the scouting, the other factors away from Indy. I'm curious to what degree you think it impacts and changes the way that that these guys are are valued and viewed, and to what degree you think it should or shouldn't have an impact. I think it has a, a pretty sizable impact at the NFL. I, I I think though, even though we are kind of very much in this age of analytics with the NFL, there's much more of a reliance on the eye test and, and what guys do on film. Now, for me, it matters a ton because I, I realize that in this industry as a draft analyst, I'm going to get a lot of players wrong, and I hate that. I, I hate missing on prospects. So I like to lean on the numbers and say, look, most of the stars in the NFL, not all of them, but the vast majority of the big-time game changers are freaky athletes, and they also have the skill, and they develop it once they get to the NFL. So I like to kind of use the numbers to say, look, like, I like this guy on film. He seems fast. He seems like he can jump high. But at the combine, he was, let's say, an average or below average athlete at, say, wide receiver. So it really factors in quite a bit for me, maybe a little more than the NFL. The one thing I will say, and I'll finish with this, that the NF, that the combine will give you an idea of a range of where a player will be picked. We're talking about receivers. You can love, let's say, Troy Franklin from Oregon, who looks like a burner. If he runs four, five, three, he's probably not going to go in the first round. Like there's kind of these thresholds that teams have, and you can look at the history and say, oh, there's never been a wide receiver that runs slower than four, five, five that goes in round one. So it definitely helps you slot players of where they ultimately will be picked in late April. Chris Trapasso here on the show. Uh, Chris, not a this is not a gotcha question because I've, I've been asked these on HQ and then people clip it about the NBA and mock me for three years. So this is not a prediction of who's going to be a bust. But a lot of quarterbacks who get drafted with lofty expectations by teams that take them with a coveted place in the first round sometimes don't work out. Mitchell Trubisky, yay, the Bears, comes to mind. Josh Rosen comes to mind. It, it, it happens, and obviously there's such an emphasis on quarterbacks now. I mean, your latest mock draft has quarterbacks going one, two, and three. That, that guy's going to be taken even higher maybe than they would have five or ten years ago. Who are the quarterbacks out there or the quarterback who, while they could be successful, do have the potential to be one of these guys that inevitably do not work out? Yeah, Jaden Daniels worries me, and that's going to seem crazy because, like I said, Heisman winner, you, you watch his film, he's running away from SEC defenders, the downfield touches there. There's two big concerns that I have with him. One, he was not pressured very often in his final season at LSU. When you just watch the film and you see him running, you're thinking, oh, yeah, he he was obviously under pressure, but it kind of ties into why I, why that kind of is concerning to me. A lot of times he would see an open receiver and wouldn't pull the trigger and then run. And, it, and even in the SEC, to be able to have 60-yard touchdown runs and 40-yard gains as a quarterback is super impressive. Even if Jaden Daniels is a freaky athlete, he's not going to do that with the same frequency in the NFL. So that those two things kind of concern me that it, there's a history of, the quarterbacks who did deal with a lot of pressure and have gone through an experience not having a great offensive line and dealing with that um, are usually a little bit better in the NFL. Josh Allen immediately comes to mind that at Wyoming he was not playing behind a great offensive line with a bunch of future NFL receivers. It helped him kind of deal with that once he got to Buffalo. Patrick Mahomes was the same deal at Texas Tech. So that's a little bit with Jaden Daniels and Bo Nix from Oregon, kind of the same thing. Oregon's offense so wide open got the ball out of his hands quickly, the completion percentage was high, 
but so many bubble screens and wide-open receivers and first-read throws for him. Unless he falls into a perfect situation right away with almost like a Miami Dolphins-esque team around him, he's not going to have as good of a situation in the NFL, and he's going to have to do more himself. And when we saw him do that earlier in his career at Auburn, he was certainly not a first-round caliber quarterback. So those two are the ones that if I had to pick, I would say give me the biggest pause or you know reason for concern. If, if they are first-round picks, it might have the highest chance to ultimately disappoint after going in the first round. Talking to uh, Chris Trapasso here on the show, NFL Draft analyst for CBS Sports, also with a focus on young NFL players. Follow him on Twitter at Chris Trapasso. Chris, before I let you go, last one for you, and I know there's a lot of names you could pull here and a lot of different spots in the draft, but is there somebody who you think will be, based on where they'll be selected and then the career they'll have, the guy we look back and say that was one of the steals of the NFL draft? Yeah, I'll go with two on on each side of the ball. Javon Baker, the wide receiver from Central Florida. Now, he started his career at Alabama, and so he was clearly a big recruit, highly sought after. Things didn't work out there. There were so many players in front of him. Goes to UCF, has two great seasons for the Knights, averaged almost 22 yards per catch this past season. It's not just the stats. On film, I think he's flexible. He can get open. He plays bigger than his size. He's like 6'1", 210, nice size, like not too big, not too little. Um, yards after the catchability is there. We've seen with the Chiefs and the 49ers how important it is to be a team that's good with run after the catch. I just think he's someone that in this loaded wide receiver class that you can name 15 guys off your top of your head that might go in the first couple rounds, he could be there round two, round three, round four, and he's going to ultimately outplay um, where he's ultimately picked. And then Chris Abrams-Drain, the cornerback from Missouri. His teammate, Ennis Rakestraw, is probably going to go in the first round. He's big, he's 6'1", he's a great athlete, great tape. Abrams-Drain is little. He's like 5'11", 180 pounds, but played on the outside in the SEC. Go watch the LSU game. He, I don't want to say shut down Malik Neighbors, but was one of the very few cornerbacks over the last couple of years that was able to stay with neighbors and break up some passes down the field. He's a great tackler, finds the football awesomely. He's someone, again, round two, round three, because of the lack of size, is going to get pushed down. But it's just a really good football player, and I think he's a great athlete too. Uh, Chris, great stuff. Amazing insight. Love the perspective here on the show. Enjoy the combine, enjoy Indy, and enjoy the shrimp cocktail and that fire sauce uh. tonight at St. Amos. <laughs> Yeah, I certainly have to prepare my mouth for the the, <laughs> the heat that's going to be when I'm eating that shrimp cocktail. That That is like the most unique cocktail sauce probably in the entire world. <laughs> my mouth is watering thinking about it. Chris, <laughs> thank you, buddy. Appreciate you as always. Thanks, Bill. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.